Hello everyone, this is a rapid thought on uh, something that um, I was meditating on in the morning. I had seen a video, not that I needed to see another one, but I saw a video of, uh, of a very, very well-respected, I mean like when you're talking about the fathers of the faith movement, like you're talking about someone who, who I mean, when I first got born again, like about 25 years ago, and I was, you know, reading voraciously Christian literature uh, about the Word of Faith movement, this guy would be one of them. Would be, um, in fact, I couldn't count three people I listened to at that time, and he was always top. He had a magazine, you know, that we subscribed to. Magazine that you know was about what a faith was subscribed to it and they would deliver it to us all the way from America you know he was big he was huge he was rich he was successful he was deep he was accurate you know his explanation of the word of God was profound why am I going on and on about him but the video I watched showed him um, being very vocal about the fact that Donald Trump was going to be the President of the United States of America post 20th of January 2021 and it hurt me I was hurt uh, because I mean look I listened to a lot of evangelical Christians and even Pentecostal Christians I'm talking about real real big men of the faith um, always say, you know, Donald Trump is going to win and was going to, uh, even when Joe Biden had won the elections, they still went on speaking. And the worrying part of it was that they all said God told them. So when I was talking to the father this morning, I was, I was, you know, I was, Talking to him in my thoughts, I was saying, you know, I don't want to teach this night. I don't want to teach about hearing God and all of that. But I always feel very compelled to share my process with people. Because as I was growing up as a person in the faith, I wished people would just show me precisely how they did what they did. And I, I sometimes, you know, when I say something like I'm talking to the Father, I wanted to say to you that that was after I had prayed in the spirit, which was precisely, I'll talk about that uh, much later when I talk about our next series, the next um, subject in the series we're doing on prayer is exceedingly abundantly above. I want to take you to, to that place where you will see exactly what the Father is thinking and what you need to do to access exceeding abundantly above it is not just as we say it you know i'm gonna ask god for something just through your mind how high you can think you know then god will surpass that thinking if you've been a christian and you've used that scripture you will know that that assumption is not true it's not so true there's a way the exceeding abundantly above is configured and i'll show you I'll show you. Um, it's amazing. Uh, but 
I was also saying that I was talking to the Father in my thoughts. And most people don't know how that works. Um, you don't have to speak out to talk to God. Not at all. You don't have to. When you want to talk to God. It's different when you want to pray in the Spirit. So the process of hearing God is before I open the Bible, or I open any literature, or I do any worship, I first of all just pray in the Holy Ghost because it is not by might, it is not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. So that's that about process. So after you've prayed in the Spirit, then you open the Word. You do everything drunk in the Holy Ghost. You must do everything drunk. You must do worship drunk in the Spirit. You must do witnessing drunk in the spirit you must raise your children drunk in the spirit you must do your work drunk in the spirit because that's the that's the kingdom that's the kingdom you cannot open the scripture and use your common sense you know to read it you can't use common sense to read scripture otherwise it's going to kill you you can't just take the word and read it and then use it as you are reading it it is destructive very destructive and that leads me back to the topic because you think you're not related they are related if you're not careful you would convert your desire to prophecy if you are not careful it doesn't matter how strong you are in the Lord it doesn't matter how long you've served the Lord and I'm sharing with you what Abba shared with me most people convert what they want to what God says he will give them. Okay? They want something and then they, in their thought life, because they've prayed about that thing that they wanted, because they, this is how we're told. The process is you have a need. Yeah. Then you go to the Word. Yeah. You check for the promise that for some, for the word of God that promises you that thing yeah and then you begin to ask God to give you that thing based on that scripture you just read yeah and then when you pray you begin to now confess that scripture as the actual promise of God yeah nah that's wrong it's wrong you cannot make God promise you what you promise yourself. Hey, are you listening? Because if you make God promise you what you promise yourself, you will be yourself promising yourself something and using the name of God to back it up. You would convert desire to prophecy. You will say what I want. God says he will give it to me. And you will be years on that track. And you realize that except you manipulate other people, try to steal from them or try to rob them or try to manipulate people, control people and use people, that thing doesn't happen. You cannot do that. And let's examine where desires come from. You know, because you you know that thing when you go for a wedding. Let's assume you go for a wedding. And um, you come back from the wedding. Everything was okay when you were dressing up for the wedding. You were checking your makeup. Everything is fine. 
you everything is wonderful you're taking selfies on your way to the wedding and then you get to the wedding or the reception and then you see the bride and groom all happy and all that everything looks cute even if they were in debt for the party you had no idea even if they but everything just looks cute so you get out from there and you begin to regret your life you begin to question your existence what has happened is you are exposed to something and a desire for that thing has come into your heart and it's beginning to make you uncomfortable and it's making the beginning to make you go question everything and question everyone you want to break up with your boyfriend because it's been 6 months you've been dating and she he's not said he wanted to marry you. or maybe it's been 5 years like some people go through relationships for 5 years 8 years i don't know what you guys are relating on for 8 years but that happens or you're married and maybe you believe in god for a child you you know and you open instagram and then you see the story of someone who has three babies and all of a sudden sadness overwhelms you you know when you go to a meeting as a guy you you know go for a meeting on the island you know you leave okwawo maybe you enter um a hotel say you you want to go and um, get a drink or get some food and your friend pulls up the latest um, range rover to to god almighty you're not even a car person you know you're not even someone who is that crazy about cars you know you probably a real estate person or you're probably someone who likes to travel you're just somebody who is content with what you have but you see that range pull over and all of a sudden your life is thrown into confusion and all kinds of things all right another thing is this you hate you naturally are maybe a yoruba guy or an ibo guy and you can't really stand you know some other tribe or whatever but it's not something that you fight over or it's not something that you you really, it doesn't worry you because you're not you, you pride yourself in not being tribalistic but you know that you have reservations about some other people from other tribes and two people come up for promotion in your office one is from your tribe the other one is from the other tribe and you're in a position to tell people um how to think you will prophesy your bias you will say your bias so desires can come from bias desires can come from exposure so what you expose yourself to you can start wanting what you saw and the way you're configured is that because you know that only god can give it to you you take that your desire you go and look at the word it says silver and gold a cattle upon a thousand hills then you begin to confess that you say my father owns a cattle upon a thousand hills and it's mine then you go to prayer you fast to say father i want a range rover a cattle upon a thousand hills and you can keep confessing that scripture you have converted your desire to prophecy all right and what will happen is that there will be a situation in which you will try to manipulate god 
into making it seem that it was God that promised you that thing. Alright? And it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a great man of God. You can be a giant. But if you if you let your desires overwhelm you or your bias overwhelm you, what you're going to do is you're going to corrupt yourself spiritually. That's what happened. Okay? That's what happened. When you've been crying out for a Messiah, the Christians in America crying out for, you know, we want to put God back in schools, we want to, uh, uh, we want to put prayer back in schools, we want to repeal homosexuality laws, we want to, we don't like the LGBTQ community, you know, all kinds of things like that, desires that they have, that they consider noble, noble, alright, it is noble. To want to, you know, make God worship people, it may not be completely right, but it is noble. Okay, these are desires that you have that are not, there's nothing wrong with wanting to drive a wrench. There's nothing wrong with all those things. But if you don't rein your desire in and, and find an honest way to tell God about it, without wanting to, to, what can I say? without wanting to uh, what is it they're trying to do it's not a word for me it's English you want to you want to you want to dump it on him you want to make it seem like he's the one you want to use his authority his voice his power his grace to impose that desire on reality even though it is not coming from God but from you now you've entered into a realm Okay, and you gotta know that they're trying to convert your own desire to prophecy. <laughs> okay, the Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Meaning, he must speak to you. That that's what he wants to do. And then, only then, and when he speaks to you that way, he will show you in his word how he's going to do it. You're going to actually see it, like clearly, what he's trying to do. You're going to see it. And then you're going to embrace it. And then you're going to become it. But you cannot originate the desire on your own and then look for a scripture to justify that desire and then you claim that God said God promised you that he was going to give you just because you saw a scripture that he said to Solomon one time <laughs> you understand what I'm saying now okay okay Femi I've heard that I've heard so does it is it wrong for me to have a car Absolutely not. Is it wrong for me to have a type of car? Absolutely wrong. That I want? Absolutely wrong. Absolutely not wrong. Is it wrong for me to um, to want to get married? Absolutely not wrong. It's not. These are legitimate desires. But they must be seen as such. 
they must you must recognize that this is what I want. You must you must have that concession that this is what I want. Now take what you want, take it to God and lay it before Him. Say, Father, I want to drive a range. I want to get married to a six foot, six three man, handsome and rich. Good. But you see, in prayer, what God does is He speaks to you. If you worship Him, if you are not just one of those people that come in and ask for those things and walk out, if you really tables these desires before the Lord in total submission to His suggestions and His will, now that's where the problem is most times. That is where the problem is most times. God is not a babalao who you can come and say, I want to marry my friend's husband and God will give that your friend's husband to you by killing your friend. Babalawos do it for you. They use black magic to do that for you. That's because the Babalawo is not interested in your transformation. He, he's not his, he doesn't want to transform you. But that's not what God wants to do. He wants to transform you. See, what will happen is this. When you bring a desire to God and you own up to it that it's your desire, and you ask him for his mind and his counsel, why should you ask him for that desire? Because it's told us in his words, whatever you need, ask me. Ask. Ask him. You say, Father, I want to marry a so-so-and-so kind of man. I want to marry a so-so-and-so kind of woman. I want, but I know that you know me, Father. You understand me. You know my goings and my comings. Go and read Psalm 139. You will understand what I'm saying. You knew me when I was born. Before I even knew I could think. You had a plan for me. So, Father, I release this my desires to you. And I ask you to let your mind educate me. In fact, you don't even need to pray that far. If you are submissive and you're worshipping him, I you're asking him for things. Because what we normally do is we ask for his hands. We tell him to keep his heart to himself. And so, five years, we still not gotten what we wanted. Five years down the line, we still don't have a place to live. We don't have a car to drive. We don't even have a successful relationship. We don't talk about marriage. Five years of doing rascality, of just saying, Father, I want to marry. Father, I want to marry. You must give me a husband. Give me a husband in the name of Jesus. A husband that will worship you. A husband that will bless you. A husband that will love you. A husband that will bless me. A wife that will do this. A wife that will do that. You cry, cry, cry like that for like five years. Every time the corporate appoint you go out, you go for every single thing. You're still not getting it. Because you're not submitting that desire. Only submitted desires lead to transformation. See, what will happen is this. When you submit your desires to God and you come to Him, say those desires because He knows them. He knows what you need. But you're also a child of the kingdom. So you come and say, Father, I desire so, so, and so. I want that car. It will feel good when I drive it. I will glorify you with it. 
It will be a testimony people are going to love and all of that. But God knows what's going to happen to you in the next six months. He knows what's going to happen to you in the next two years. He knows that you may not even be in Nigeria in the next three years. He knows. But you don't know. So you come and submit your request to God. Make it known. The Bible, the Bible actually says, let your request be made known unto God. And it is very important in Philippians 4, 6, we've read it before, verse 7. He didn't say that you will get what you want. He simply said, after you've submitted your request to God, you will have peace. First of all, you will have peace. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Why? Because God knows why you want what you want. He knows that maybe something, someone has upset you. Maybe the wedding you got, you, you went to has, has unsettled you. You see people with their booze and their bays. You don't even know whether they've beaten themselves blue before they got there. But you just saw it. And you fell in love with it. Oh, oh, relationship goes. God, when? God, when? God, when? God, when? So you become a God, when? You know, and you, you're unsettled. So you're stressed. You're stressed because of this desire. You're stressed because of the burden of the situation. Someone talks to you and calls you in the office and says, uh, you want to buy a car, you don't have a car. But someone just tells you in the office and say, look at your head, it's bent. You say, it's because I don't have a car. They don't promote you, you say, it's because I don't have a car. You have biases, you have a lot of nonsense in your head and that's how it happens most times the stress comes and you come to God and you bring that desire and God says my son peace he gives you peace my daughter he gives you peace but guess what he starts to do if those desires are surrendered that way God begins to walk in you and he begins to clarify your desire you will notice that if you pray with that level of submission and with the peace of God in your spirit, you will know a lot more about yourself. He will tell you the kind of man that will actually be a blessing to you. In fact, he may not tell you because you may not hear, because some of the things he's saying may not even matter to you. But you will meet a man who doesn't look at the man you said you wanted. By the time you spend some time with them, you realize that's the exact man that you need. In fact, that recognition is only basic because you haven't even lived for 10 years. There are people who married people and 12 years in the marriage, a storm arises and that storm lasts for three years. And they say they can swear on their life that if they had married the kind of people they said they wanted, that storm will probably have killed them. You have no idea what the future holds and you must carry that insecurity about the future to God's presence. Let him breathe life into you. Let him point you in the right direction. And when he does, it is usually much more, much better, much deeper, much stronger, much befitting, much more befitting than anything you would ever think of or you ever ever imagined before. I'll preach this message in great detail so you can actually see how it works, how the mind of Abba processes us and processes our requests. But disgrace, dishonor, manipulation 
and and underhanded strategies, dark methods, will follow anyone who tries to convert their desire to prophecy. God does not want to save your face. No. Jesus was told to jump down from a mountain and Satan told him, he will give his angels charge over you, keep you in all of your ways. Jesus said, you cannot tempt the Lord your God. Because I know I'm Jesus, but if I decide to throw myself down from this mountain, my spirit will be alive. I will still be Christ, but the body called Jesus will be dead. And God will not be wrong. He will not. God is not desperate to prove his badass to anyone. No, he's not. That's why many people have problems with him. They want him to come out and fight for them and kill people. He's not like that. God is not into saving your face. Mm-mm-mm. He's into glorifying you, which is a totally different matter. Entirely. The, God did not save the face of Christ. He went through the cross. But when he rose up, he rose up into glory. And even those who crucified him felt, wow, we shouldn't have done that. If we hadn't done that, he would not be experiencing this glory right now. Alright, when I talk about the power of reinvention in Christ, which was basically what I wanted to do in January, but I realized we had to deal with prayer. It's important that we do prayers first. And then we'll go into those deeper and more advanced levels of how we explore this life to really, really totally change our lives. But this is basic. If you learn this secret, you will be above 90% of Christians in this world. Who, no, don't know, the word above is not the, you will, you will be, you would have saved yourself from the stress that over 90% of Christians all over the world go through. They start a fire of desire and they're calling the God of heaven to come and vindicate their desires by speaking a word to confirm what they wanted. God is not like that. You can go and choose an idol for your family to do that for you. God is not going to do it. He's not going to do that. He's, he's, he's not into saving people's faces. That's not what he's for. He's into transforming people's lives. All right? And and you you can't you can't you can't say father they're looking at me I'm single I'm 40 then well, can't you see can't you read no because not like that but he understands that pain but you've got to not use that method to bring it to him you've got to bring your pain to him as it is your pain father I'm lonely and need to get married help me Lord teach me show me because you know me and you know your plans for me. You are the God of all flesh. I yield myself to you concerning this particular desire. Oh, trust me. Stay in his presence, continually praising, knowing that his plans are good and not of evil, and that he should give you rest. He will calm you down. You will turn around and see somebody who's always been there two years before. You never ever thought about it, but you look and you saw something you never saw before. That's how it would happen. God is not into, but as long as you have Brad Pitt in your head, you have Angelina Jolie in your head, you want to marry Kim Kardashian, go on and keep trying to convert that desire to prophecy. You're not going to walk. All right, you're not going to walk. The way it will work is this. 
and it is easier than punishing yourself, trying to create desires for yourself. Come to God, bring your desires, your legitimate desires of life, they're legitimate. If you want a bigger house, it's a legitimate desire. If you want to be the president of Nigeria, it's a legitimate desire. If you want to build the largest church in Africa, it's a legitimate desire. But is it prophecy yet? No, it's not. And if you're not going to do it by your own strength, then you've got to have to find a way to lay that desire before the Lord and ask Him to breathe, to shine on you, His light, His might, His mind. Then you will see the way to a desire that looks like it, but that is even much better than it when you consider it. All right? And now, here's my little word. Hope you're blessed. Take care. God bless. Femi Jacobs. Bye.